We're having open and honest conversations about mental health and well-being. We should talk about it with Myra Ansari on Wave Now. Hey there, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us uh, for We Should Talk About It. I'm Myra Ansari with Dr. Stephen Taylor from U of L Health Peace Hospital. So good to see you. It's, it's been a while. It has been a while. All right. So today we're talking about something that I think many of us are in this boat right now. Um, I know I am. You are as too. well. Mm -hmm. um, Don G in our newsroom was talking about this too recently. Um, how to uh, deal with uh, caring for your aging family members members, your parents, or anyone that you are close to in your life, maybe the roles are now reversed and you're having to step in and to take uh, that role. And um, sometimes it's mentally draining mm -hmm. because um, the, you, folks are in a, a tough position in life. Well, absolutely. And it is a very psychologically difficult thing for us to, to deal with. You know, we were talking, you and I, just before we, we came on the air, about how roles change and how we as the children sort of take on the position of being the parent and how mom and dad or mom or just dad take on the role of being, in a sense, the kid mm -hmm. again, and that we are um, given the task of being in charge of their care. But sometimes that's not been talked through or it's not a spoken or written down thing. And that can be a real challenge for us when we are in a position where we have to make decisions about how mom and dad are being treated and um, and be taken seriously as an authority on that topic. And, and just from just a just from a logistical position it can be a challenge but also from a psychological position is a challenge too absolutely if you have a question for dr taylor um, about this topic um you know caring for your elderly family members how to mentally cope with that please put it here in the chat and we'll try to get it answered for you today you know i think a lot of it is it harder for the parent or is it harder for the child, do you think? Or is it hmm. hard for both equally? It's definitely hard for both, to be sure. Um, you know, it's hard for us when we're younger, taking care of our aging parent, to put ourselves in their position of losing their autonomy. And that's a lot of what they're struggling with. You know, they maybe they've gone through a downsizing where they're living in an assisted living facility, or maybe they've even gone to a nursing home where they're occupying a single room. So they've gone from this life where they've had independence, independence, you know, rooms and rooms in their houses, their full of all their stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they're surrounded by their lifetime of accumulation of things. And there's this process of trimming that down, giving things away, marking things that you and I are going to inherit that we're going to take over. It's beginning to think about their own mortality and the end of their lives. And those are all challenging things for us to think about anyway. Um, but it can feel a little bit like they're being erased. And that can have a really powerful impact on them psychologically when they feel like they're just sort of disappearing. Um, and so part of what I think they're struggling with is that feeling. We could be struggling with it, too, in our own way, because we are kind of seeing them disappear. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the room we used to stay in when we went home to visit isn't there anymore. Uh, some of the furniture that we identify with them isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, the plates and the silverware we used to sit down to dinner with them 
are gone or somebody else is inherited them. Or there could be a lot of things that we begin to see them just kind of beginning to fade away, even if they're still physically present. So I think psychologically, that's a very big piece of what happens, mm -hmm. you know, as we're aging and dealing with our aging parents. I'm glad you said that because that's big to for someone to feel like that, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot. You've been a fixture in your children's lives for years, and now you your children may have their own lives, their own family, mm -hmm. and they're moving forward, and you're in that standstill place in life right now, right? Right. So how do you make them feel better? Well, that's a good question, because the other thing that was popping into my mind as you're talking was that notion of feeling left behind, mm -hmm. too, like things are passing them by. So one of the ways is to, in any way you can imagine, to try to help include them, um, you know, bringing them pictures of the graduation, showing them what's going on in the world, kind of including them on the things that you're doing, uh, letting them know simple things like, oh, we had dinner at that restaurant we all like and mm -hmm. describing the time there, you know, trying to include them in ways, even though they can't physically be there, I think can be a helpful thing that we can do with with our aging parents. That's actually a good uh, a good point. We're kind of in that graduation end of year mm -hmm. phase for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Maybe grandparents can't be there. That's the situation I'm in. Um, and, you know, I know my parents feel bad about it and my kids are like, you know, why can't they come? Well, they're not right. well. Right. It's hard for them to travel. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to kind of explain it to little kids, too, mm -hmm. why maybe a fixture that was there has had to back away a little bit. Right. Yeah, and they're dealing with their own grief, too. One of the things, you know, that I think parents can really struggle with is being in that in-between position. You're the child of these aging parents, and you may be the parent of your own kids, and so you're brokering two different kinds of relationships at the same time. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, on different levels of understanding of what's going on, too. And sometimes with our aging parents, it can be just like with our kids, you know, on an intellectual level, they may be on the same level. Mm -hmm. You know, the way we talk to a very small child might be fairly concrete and straightforward. We may talk to kids um, in a very matter of fact sort of way. They may not understand the metaphors we use to describe our everyday lives. And sometimes our, our aging parents are the same way. Mm -hmm. They need the same kind of concrete explanation of things. Yeah. They may not be in a position with their mental state to tolerate or to understand or to be able to process very complicated or um, metaphorical ways of thinking. So um, how do we explain to our family members, okay, I'm stepping in now and I'm making these decisions for you because these decisions need to be made and, um, you know, right. you become the authority figure. <laughs> That's kind of hard for parents yeah. to look at their children doing that because, you know, the way my parents always say to me, no matter what, you're still my, my little baby, <laughs> right. my little girl. So it's hard, even yeah. if I'm in my mid forties <laughs> right. for them to really take yeah. me seriously right. Yeah, sometimes, exactly. right? I think that's exactly right. It can be a big challenge. I think one of the ways we can talk with our parents about um, our role as their provider, if in the best of circumstances, you 
know, maybe they've written up their wills and maybe they've drafted um, agreements that make us as their kids their power of attorney. So there's some kind of legal authority that we're acting on that can give us a little bit of support in the decisions that we're making and the way we think about what we're doing with mom and dad. Um, in the Maybe in the worst of situations, none of that stuff has been kind of ironed out mm -hmm. and it's being done as you're trying to figure out what to do with them. And maybe they don't have the mental capacity to engage meaningfully in a topic of discussion about it, which can make it a real painful transition, mm -hmm. especially if we have to have the courts appoint that authority to us and mom and dad don't get to be part of the process of naming us there. That can be a very challenging and difficult thing. And I think the main thing is for us to just be mindful of how emotional and powerful it can be for us and to um, give ourselves, kind of like in recovery, be kind to ourselves mm -hmm. and have time to take care of ourselves and make sure we're getting what we need uh, in that process. Because it can be very emotionally challenging. Absolutely. And it can also feel like um, emotional frustrating um you know there's times where you just want to get mad you just want to scream you just want to yell right. like oh my god just let me know. you know you get really frustrated right well you know like with our own kids you know if we're they're going to frustrate us and we are going to want to yell at them which we try not to do but we have to have some way to process those feelings um, and not using the kid as the vehicle for that processing. And the same thing is true for mom and dad. You know, we don't want to beat them up because we're frustrated at them. And they are going to frustrate us. Absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's frustrating for them. It's frustrating for us, too. I think if we can be mindful of what it's like to be in their shoes, that helps us. Uh, gives us a little bit of uh, capacity to tolerate our frustration about it. Mm -hmm. We know it's hard for them. And mm -hmm. of course, they're going to be angry about it. And that makes sense that they would be. Mm -hmm. And if we can keep that in mind, it makes it a little bit easier for us to tolerate it. Absolutely. I think the, the word um, standing out in our conversation, um, Dr. Taylor, is uh, the feeling of being erased, erased mm -hmm. that word mm -hmm. to me in just this uh, 10 minute conversation that we've had so far, you know, we get, we forget that that person has been around maybe for 60, 70, however many years. And then for them to possibly feel that emotion, for sure, it has got to be really difficult. It is hard. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about the erasure thing as you were talking, and I was thinking about, you know, one of the things my dad loved to do was take pictures. So his room is just plastered with all the photographs he's taken over the years. So he can look at them, and whenever the nurses come in, they'll ask about them, and he can talk about them. And it's sort of a way of holding on to his identity of who he is and who he was mm -hmm. so that he's not just vanishing. And I think that's an important thing. that it, Things like that that are important to our parents that we can sort of shepherd along, you know, kind of gives them something to hold on to so they don't feel quite so lost and left out. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the word erased, how do we say if we are in that phase in life where transitioning our family members into a, um, a assisted living facility or a nursing home or that sort of thing, how do you help that person feel like, okay, yes, we are moving you here, 
And it's not because we don't love you or care for you, mm -hmm. but this is the best option. Right. You're not being erased. Right. And help them, you know, give them the opportunity to be a, a part of bringing with them the things that mean something to them. Uh, because, you know, you have things that are meaningful to you. They have things that are meaningful to them. Sometimes those are the same things, but sometimes they're different. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was thinking about um, a family that I know who's um, the, the, the aging parents um, had died and the, and the children were talking to their kids. So it was, you know, the children and the grandchildren who were sort of looking at the landscape of things that were left um, behind and asking, what do you want? What means something to you? Mm -hmm. And they were really struck at how their kids saw things meaningful that meant nothing to them. You know, so so, you know, as their aging parents um, had acquired things long after the kids had moved away from home, the grandkids grew up with those things mm -hmm. and they were very meaningful to the grandchildren, but meant nothing to, to the, the children. children. Yeah, yep. it wasn't. And the same thing would be true for the parents. You know, what means something to mom and dad might be very different from what means something to you. Absolutely. I'm kind of in that position too with my um my mother is very attached to things mm -hmm. um i'm not like you know and i i don't necessarily want those things <laughs> and it's not meant as disrespect i just don't want it's that just things yeah it's just things to me mm -hmm. but they're her things and i have to sometimes right understand that and yeah. they're valuable to her but i know that it's not, I just don't look at it the same way. Right. And I think one of the ways that our aging parents hold on to some of their autonomy is by including them in the decision-making. What are we doing with these? What do you want to see happen to this stuff? Who do you want to have get X, Y, or Z? It's interesting when I have conversations with my dad, uh, most of his things are in storage or we have in storage in our basement or whatever. And he'll ask about them and I'll tell him where they are. And he seems happy about that, that okay. it's, that it's not gone. It's being held somewhere mm -hmm. or, you know, he's got a bunch of photographs that he doesn't have in his room and he'll ask about them and I'll say, Oh, we've got those that are, we got them at our house. They're in storage. They're, you know, the photo albums are with all the other photo albums at our place. And that seems to kind of satisfy him, calm him down a bit, even though he's not looking at them, he knows where they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's something important psychologically about the fact that somebody's holding them for them. Okay. You know, so like mom and dad, maybe there's like that one dresser they want to have in their room. So that's there. Okay. Maybe there's some other furniture that you've got in storage that they don't see. And they may ask about it. And you may say, oh, well, I've got that in that storage unit or whatever. And mm -hmm. they they can be kind of comforted by that because they know you're watching it. You haven't gotten rid of it. How do you deal with... Um the emotion of guilt. Does guilt come into play with some of this? I feel sure. guilty yeah, that, for sure. you know, you're feeling this way or I feel guilty that I'm having to make this mm -hmm. really tough decision and you don't like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, feeling guilty is what most of us human beings struggle with anyway. Mm -hmm. And so dealing with aging parents, that's another way we might feel that. Uh, because, you know, you do see them losing their independence and you're part of the decision tree and in, uh, in, in dealing with that. You're 
You're making some decisions with them and for them that does take away some of their independence, and we will feel guilty about that. Uh, and that's a normal feeling. I guess the first thing I would say is it's normal to feel that way. And secondly, I would say don't be mean to yourself because you feel that way. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a normal part of what we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, just the circle of life, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it can sound kind of trivial for us to say that, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. It is true. You know, um, and it's kind of hard because uh, I don't know if any of you feel like this, but, you know, if you're so busy taking care of your kids, your children, um, just the emotional, um, you know, if you feel like, uh, I don't know if anyone out there feels this way, uh, you know, for me, culturally, uh, where my family originally came from, the concept of a nursing home assisted living facility is a big, how could you do that? How could right. you think about yeah. that? That is yeah. just the, you know, it's very hard to, um, I think, like, think that, okay, we're in a, in a, a space where that is a norm, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't have the means for you to move in with me. I don't have the, as my, one of my close friends, her favorite word that she, I've adopted is bandwidth. I don't have the bandwidth to take care of you, my family, my job, everything. I don't know how to do it all. Yeah. You know, I think it's a very interesting, I think there are, there are cultural pockets throughout our our country Mm -hmm. where we will see folks um, very open to the idea of nursing homes. It's a very, it's just part of the fabric of their culture. And there are pockets of culture um, in our country and in many other countries where the idea of putting a family member in a nursing home just feels like an aberration. Oh, it's like the ultimate betrayal. Yes, the worst thing you could do. The worst thing you could do, yeah. And I think that there's pros and cons on both sides of that, to be sure. I mean, it's a wonderful thing if we have space and the bandwidth to have our family members in our home to care for them. But it's not a reality that a lot of us um, have space or the capacity to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we kind of go back to your question about guilt, that the guilt can live on both sides of that. Mm -hmm. You know, there can be guilt about, you know, um, how you might feel put upon or overwhelmed by having an aging family member in your home. And there can be the same kind of guilt about having put them in a nursing home. Uh, because you don't have the bandwidth to um, take care of them at home. Mm -hmm. And so I think that guilt can be something that affects both sides of that. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people to be open for if you've got the aging parent living at home, um, keep yourself open to your own capacity and what you can do. If you don't have the bandwidth to care for them and they're they might get better care if they're in a nursing home as opposed to being at home where you feel like you're being forced to watch them and just don't have the bandwidth to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they could be in a better situation in a nursing home. Absolutely. And for some folks, there is the bandwidth to care for them at home. You can have them there. You've got the resources to provide care and you, that's what you want to do. That's good too. I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer uh, for how we take care of our aging parents, but we just have to be mindful of what we can and can't do and what makes the most sense for the situation we're in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's key to it. What am I going to do that makes the most sense for everybody, even though, unfortunately, it may hurt some people Mm -hmm. along the way. It may hurt me to make this really 
tough decision. It may hurt my children to see you like this. Right. It may hurt you. Uh, but in the long run, if you fall, there's someone to pick you right. up. If there's, if you need regular medication, there's someone to make sure you're doing this. I can still work and you can get the care. I mean, there's so many things to keep in mind. Yeah. I, you know, um, you just said something about in the long run, I think. And I was thinking about, you know, using short-term solutions for long-term problems. Oh my gosh. That's my, my husband's. Right? <laughs> and then, and then we have a tendency to use long-term solutions for short-term problems yeah. sometimes. And, and I think that can sometimes get involved in taking care of our aging parents. Mm -hmm. We want to try to match short-term um, solutions to short-term problems and long-term solutions to long-term problems. That's what we want to be able to do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we get those reversed. And I think that's where things can become a bit of a, a frustrating um, scenario for us. Yeah. You know, maybe having mom and dad in a nursing home is a short-term solution to a short-term problem. And if we can think about it that way, that's that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is the long-term solution for a long-term problem. And I think if we can sort of couch the problem and the solution into the same kind of conversation, I think we're at least on a stronger footing uh, for moving forward, both for ourselves and for our parents. Absolutely. Uh, Mandy George uh, wrote, nice talk, Mandy. Uh, Madely, I'm sorry. Madely uh, George wrote that. Uh, thank you for adding that comment there. Um, I know that a lot of us are in this situation and we just don't know what to do. Like, it's right. really overwhelming. And, you know, maybe you're an only child out there. That's me, you know, or maybe you have siblings and siblings live across the country. And who does it fall upon? Right. What do you do? I mean, it's a lot of... It can be a lot. It can and, be it can, a lot. and you can feel like you're alone in it, too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe another layer for us to think about, too, um, that we can feel isolated and alone in dealing with the problem. And, and that's where sometimes the nursing homes can be helpful there it's a, it's a resource that can help us deal with something we can't deal with alone. Um, even hospice is one of those um, uh, organizations that can help us deal with a situation that's overwhelming for us to deal with by ourselves. And it, it's a way of sort of reassuring us that we're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I think is crucial. Yeah. Um, the, the feeling of isolation and being alone um, is such an easy sort of trap to fall into. Absolutely. So, uh, Dr. Taylor, maybe the best thing is we talk to our, our family members. What would you like? Okay. What is yeah. realistic? This is what I can do. This is what I cannot do. Um, maybe seek some professional guidance in this as well. But also the big part of this, I think, is to be mindful of your mental health in all of this as well and recognize that this is a lot to take on. Right, exactly. I think that's exactly right. And I think, you know, we all want to be deferential and inclusive. I mean, that's we that's how we want to live, um, I think, most of us. And uh, we want to hear the perspective and point of view of our family members on the other side. But sometimes when a two-year-old is acting out, Sometimes you just have to pick the two-year-old up and put them in time out, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes, sometimes reasoning with them is just not going to work. True. And sometimes with our aging parents, that can be the same thing. We want to include them in the choices and decisions that need to be made for their care. 
but sometimes they're not going to be mentally in a position where they can do that. And we have to be aware of that and be open for the possibility that sometimes we just are going to have to decide. Yeah. That's hard, but sometimes we do have to do that. All right. This has been a great conversation. Um, I know that I've, uh, I'm glad that we said uh, what we wanted to say in this podcast, podcast, because I think this is something that most of us are going to be in a position of this. Uh, and it, yeah. it's, it's emotionally hard. It is hard. You know, when the roles are reversed and now, you, you know, you're no longer the child, you are the adult and mm-hmm. the parents are now more of the childlike figure in the relationship. Right. And, and it's, yeah. it's hard on them. It is hard. Yeah. Anything that I didn't ask you, Dr. Taylor, that you want viewers to know? Well, I would just say, you know, continue to be open for your own feelings and make room for yourself. And uh, when possible, to be able to be inclusive with you and your parents in the choices and decisions you make. And sometimes be um, open to the fact that it's going to be you and find those resources that help you whether it be a nursing home, hospice, nursing care, in-home nursing, all of those resources that we can make use of. Okay, perfect. Dr. Taylor, great to see you. It's good to see you good again, to see too. You. All right, I'm Myra Ansari with Dr. Stephen Taylor from UofL Health Peace Hospital for We Should Talk About It. Have a great day.